Hello guys and gals, how you doing? Today I'll be talking about an awesome way to start your free podcast, and I mean free, no catch, no gimmicks. It's totally free, easy to edit, easy to record, and easy to promote and monetize your podcast. It's called Anchor.fm, and I highly recommend you guys and gals, check it out, and start your own podcast, let your voice be heard. And also, don't forget to listen to Wild Dog Podcasts, and tell them that I sent you and that you hear it from me. So you get more people to join Anchor.fm. You will not be disappointed because they will also put your podcast in other platforms and then make it very, very much easier for you. Have a great day, everybody. So guys, what's up? Let me just say something. If you like evil kids, horror movies, you know those evil children movies when children start killing adults, I'll start killing anybody, you know, who cares? Evil kids, fucking evil kids. My favorite evil kids movie will always be Devil Times 5. That's that's my favorite killer children movie. I know a lot of people like Children of the Corn the most, but I'm kind of different. But you can tell, because I'm weird and creepy and odd. And I'm an idiot. What can I say? But anyway, this movie's called The Children for 2008, right? And this is a British horror movie. And I can't believe I... I can't believe I never heard of this one because this movie was actually good. I really, really liked it. You got this family visiting visit her sister's family for Christmas, giving out gifts. You start noticing these kids are getting sick, throwing up, you know. You got one of the, the oldest daughter of the family out of the kids. She's like, she don't want to be there, pretty much attitude. And later on, the kids are getting sick, getting sick. And they turn violent, and they start killing people, man, killing their families, and killing anybody, man. And these kids, yo, they were really good, yo, they were so creepy, so scary looking. Once they get mad, they turn violent. And this movie, and the kill scenes in this movie is violent also. Really violent, and I like that. So I just prefer it to be violent the way, because, you know, it's like, you know how, how children movie, or children horror movie is? Like, very, very, you'll see them do very, very violent stuff. But I thought this one was really good at it. Maybe because it's British horror, so their style is kind of different than American horror, you know. So, yeah, The Children from 2008, highly recommend this one. Definitely check it out, man. He's the one that scared the shit out of me. You know, good drama, good horror, suspense, thriller, mystery. Everything rolled up into one, and you know what? And it's only a fucking TV movie, guys and gals. And that's how old this movie is. The 80s, 1980, the beginning of an era of unlimited good TV movies. Unlimited movies that was in the theaters every month, every week, from 1980s to 1989. Even the whole market movie was good and fun. And you know what? I was never disappointed that there were music, toys, animation, that wasn't even Japanese animation, just a good old fashioned American animation. The food was great, you know, and all that fusion crap. Just good old fashioned 80s. And don't get me wrong, I like anything before the year 2000, you know, even before the 80s. But the 80s was the era that stood out to the test of time. With that being said, let's talk about this movie. So, this movie is about 
this family to have a daughter. You can tell she's kind of like bored with her life because she's spoiled. And suddenly she met this woman, this gorgeous woman. She took her back to the house. And you know, when she missed her call, her mom took care of the babysitter. I mean, took care of the girl, excuse me. Also, the family arrived. But the babysitter was smart. She has a twist to herself. Suddenly, the mother driving home, crashed saw her and crashed her car. The babysitter brought into the house, and the daughter started talking about this amazing woman she met. And then the daughter introduced this woman to the mother and start telling talking about herself and said, I give her a job as a babysitter. Told her husband about it. He was like, look, this is not a good idea. Said she saw her, he was like, and her husband was William Shatner, so I guess he saw her as a green alien or something. So he was like, you know what, I can keep her. <laughs> like that type of mentality when you think about it. So this babysitter is so perfect. She cooks, she cleans for the family. But the family end up having problems on their own. You know, the wife don't feel like the husband paying enough attention. Um, the mother can't cook for shit. And the babysitters listen to these problems dealing with it. But there's also a touch of the babysitter. She goes to the house where she lived before talking to somebody, but who she's talking to, you know. But the babysitter is too perfect. Meanwhile, you got the doctor that lives on the island, wondering who, who this woman is, who this mysterious babysitter is. So he conducts his own investigation to find out who she really is. Meanwhile, the babysitter slowly, slowly starts being a little aggressive towards the daughter that she befriended with. You know, even the daughter, like, maybe, maybe she kind of does. What's wrong with this woman, you know? <laughs> but she, she's like, let it slide. Um, there's also a cute boy in the island that the daughter likes, but she's a bit older, so the babysitter is like dealing with him, you know what I mean? But still, at the same time, still don't have no interest in him, you know? She's like playing a flirt, like on and off. As the movie progressed, you find out a little bit more about the babysitter as the doctor continues the investigation, and her, as the babysitter becomes violent later on. Now, can't say too much about this movie because I don't want to ruin the surprise ending or the surprise twist. Because like to this day, in 2017, this movie still stands out to the test of times. The Babysitter from 1980 is a TV movie that's now on video cassette in a shop factory. I think this deserves a Blu-ray release with good special features. Hey, it took you Will Shatner. He's still allowed. And the actors and actresses talk to them. A people will be behind the scenes. This is the type of horror that was say this needs to really come back. You know, it doesn't matter if it's blood or gore, but you know, movies like this is a good example of what the scare factor is. And to be honest, I feel like this movie does have replay value. You can watch this over and over and over again. Anyway, peace, guys. So I'll be talking about the movie Solid State from 2012, and this movie, it's bad CGI. <laughs> it's cheap ass CGI, it's not bad CGI, it's just cheap ass CGI with basic CGI programs. 
that anyone could use, you know. Um, the movie's about this wash-up um, music star trying to make a comeback, and her agent, played by Vivica A. Fox, ooh, Vivica A. Fox, sexy as fuck, super sexy, I gotta, I'm sorry, I gotta say it one time, and there's a scene with Vivica A. Fox with some tight-ass gym, gym outfit, heart attack, heart attack of awesomeness, gotta, I gotta throw in the Vivica A. Fox, because she's still a fine as hell. 2012, but even in 2017, still looks good, you know? Come on. <laughs> but, um, anyway, her agent recommended you go go back with your old band, do a tour, and, you know, trying to get your comeback with them. And Debbie Wachan is playing, like, a bitchy character, of course, you know? And that's what I like about Debbie Wachan. I like her bitchy character roles. I, I like her movie in general, but I like her when she's, like, bitchy. Like, I love that. She's so sexy, Debbie Wachan. Let me throw that in there, too. So, her friends are getting excited, David Wachan is arguing, no, I don't want to do this, I can't believe this is happening, pretty much attitude. But, you know, they end up going to Italy, Rome, not, not Rome, they end up going to Italy, but they said it was in, in Paris or in French for some reason, France for some reason, but it was Italy, because they said it on the title, on the, when they were, were traveling. So, anyway, they um ready for their comeback tour, they partying, and suddenly that meteor hit the earth. People start turning to like this. You know, CGI scares when they turn to a stone-faced monster, stone-faced demon, skin with the black eyes and grayish rock cracks. You know, that's what they turn into. And pretty much, pretty much, when they attack you, you're pretty much gonna die and turn into them. So Debbie Rashawn's character and her ex-bandmates um, and the drama, they pretty much have to work together and try to fight them off and try to survive. Pretty much. Um, this movie was, uh, it was, like I said, cheap CGI, nothing, I mean, to me it was an alright watch, um, only because I like Debbie Rashawn, if you like her newest stuff, like, it's pretty much low quality horror now, what she's doing, like, super low quality cheap, but at the same time, I, I kinda like it, you know, it's like sci-fi channel, as you know, sci-fi channel style, pretty much, so it's, this movie's pretty, pretty good for what it is, you know, to me. To me, only because I I can I can work with these cheap CGI movies, you know. Anyway, peace, guys, and see you later. Hey, guys and gals, what's up? Um, when I reviewed Slasher House just now, I found out there was a sequel to the movie, and I was surprised. Also, I found out a little bit more about the people behind it. Um, if you want to see Slasher House Two, it's available on video demand on Amazon.com. So I was gl glad I was able to see it, though. Um, as for Slash House 1, I was able to see that on my Roku, actually. So you can check out the Roku if you're looking for Slash House, for the first Slash House movie. Um, besides that, um, the company that's behind it, the director, it looked like he's creating his own world that's connected in his horror world. Because if you saw the first Slash House movie, every serial killer have their own backstory, but three of the serial killers, I won't say their name, because you didn't see, unless you didn't see the movie, but three of the serial killers did have their own full-length movies, which the director did, and I thought it was really cool. And I'm um, minor spoiler: the, my favorite, one of my favorite killers was called the Thorn Killer. He already have a movie out, and he also has a sequel coming out next year. So it's called the it's, it's the Thorn Killer. You can check out the website. Um, if you see Slash House, the movie, you'll find out the just Google it. You'll find out the website for the team behind it. So I thought it was genius, man. I like how you could connect a universe, like how James Wan is doing his horror universe connecting things, or 
like the comic book universe. I feel like for an independent horror movie, this guy did it really good and re really well done. Now, Slasher House 2, um, I'm going to say the word spoiler, but I won't spoil it too much. So if you haven't seen the first movie, then then don't see this yet. Don't hear my review unless you see the first movie and you saw part 2. Um, Slash House 2, right off the back, is really a prequel to the first movie. And the thing is, with the character Red, this movie is way more action and also horror, but it had a lot of action elements in this in this sequel. So it was pretty cool. She was like, Red is like half Buffy, half Punisher, because the Punisher part comes in because she also has a sidekick, just like how Punisher does, the type of computer information about where these killings are taking place, who to hunt for, and also makes her weapons too. So she has a, like an assistant like that, you know, so it's pretty cool. And um, Red goes out after, goes around killing serial killers, that's what, that's what she does. And, but if you have saw the first movie, like I said, she also have a backstory, and it kind of have more in depth with one of the characters from the first movie. During her flashback, you get to see him in this one more often, and you get to find more about the mysterious of how Slash House Paul, how the first Slash House came about, you know. Um, also, she also meet one of the killers in the bar that happens to be one of the killers in the first movie that actually recognized who she was, and it never explained more how that came about, but part two will explain more. So that was really great to see that scene. And, um, it's pretty much Red's going after the killer that kind of like messed with her life in the flashback. Again, I'm trying my best not to ruin too much. And, um, but while she's going, she, she's going after this girl, right? So she has to fight all these other uh, agents that work for the leader and to go after this girl, you know, that they kidnap. And the reason why she's going after this girl, but there's also a reason why this girl was kidnapped by the, op team, the Black Ops team for part of this collection, you know, well, take a while to guess what I mean, and it's pretty much, she, well, I'm not, I'm trying my best not to ruin it, um, how about I say it like this, um, like I say, I gave you the plot, you know, like, the red is out there kicking ass, I'm killing serial killers, saving people as much as she could, um, the action is really good, there is a lot of deaths, um, there's also some twists here and there, Betrayal, of course. Let me mention that. Um, as for the soundtrack, fantastic. Um, highly recommend Slasher House 2. But again, see the first movie and then see the second one. Because if you see the second one, then you're going to ruin the first movie for yourself. So, like I say, even though I say it's a prequel, but still. Um, highly enjoyed it. Um, definitely, definitely recommend this one too. Anyway, peace guys and see you later. Hey guys and gals, today I'll be talking about a movie, A Slasher House. Right off the back, I enjoyed this movie highly, man. This is a fun movie. It's, if you like fighting all the serial killers, you know, this movie's right up your alley. I mean, I know it's been done before, but, you know, it's one of those it's one of those movies, like I said, I enjoyed. Um, it's about this woman, like, totally butt-naked, sleep, like, in a jail cell, and, and the jail cell look abandoned. Once she's trying to be curious of what's going on, the cage open up. So she starts walking around, wondering what's going on. She finds stuff like weapons, beer, and she wanders around the jail cell. She starts finding like these different people that's in the jail cell. Well, I won't ruin too much though, but I'm just telling you one thing. 
each of these people that's in prison, they all have their own sin. They all like have their own backstory. And once you start meeting these people, and once they come out of the jail, jail cell, you start seeing they still having flashback stories about who they are and what they did. You know. And I like about this movie, I like each of these characters have their own personality, their own style, and I like the back flashback story for each of these characters too, that, so that's, that was really, really cool, because you get to know who they are, and what they're really about, you know. And as for the girl, she ended up working with this guy, and of course it's pretty obvious he has his own backstory too. So, it had been done before, you know, but again, I, I like, like I said, I like the character development in this one. I like the kill scenes of this one, how they're going to have to survive, to survive against all these different um, characters, pretty much. And then you get to your twist and know who she really is, too. Um, at Slasher House, I highly recommend this one. Definitely check it out. Definitely love the fast-paced soundtrack also in this movie, too. So this is that's what makes it also really cool, you know, to add f more f cool fuel to the fire in this movie. Anyway, at Slasher House, like I said, check it out. Peace, guys, and see you later. What's up guys and gals, today we talk about the movie Skew from 2011 and this movie is a video footage style movie about this about this guy taking his camera with two of his friends they're going to go on this road trip to a wedding but then things start turning out weird, you know people start going, dying like an animal people themselves start dying and the camera starts twitching kind of funny, you know what I'm saying so I'm taking a guess like this is a haunted camera, you know, so whatever camera footage that the camera takes, people start dying because of it. But the reality of this movie is it just drags and drags and drags so long with the three friends and you find out that the guy, the camera guy, like he had a fight with his girlfriend and he's in love with his friend's girl pretty much. Like he always put the camera on her all the time. And I don't blame the guy, the boyfriend getting pissed off like... Like, what the fuck, you know, like, like, he's laid back and cool, though, but uh, there have been some times when the guy's like, yo, turn off the fucking camera, pretty much, attitude he has, you know, but the movie just drags and drags and drags, and even with the execution of the movie, this movie sucks, <laughs> this movie just plain sucks, so school for 2011, <laughs> don't recommend this one, <laughs> sorry. What's up, guys and gals, so that we talk about B-movie action, Thriller suspense called Search and Destroy from 1988. And um, I like this movie, you know. I went on IMDb just out of curiosity see what the reviews are for this one. People are giving it a bad review, but to me, I liked it. You know, if you see a lot of 80s B-movie action thriller with this type of style, then you know what you're getting yourself into. And the movie has a typical plot, you know, about these Russian terrorists holding this um, pharmaceutical plant hostage. Because they have this virus, and of course, guess what? They want to release it into America if you don't meet their demand. So the government will have to try and stop them. Um, there was no hope, so they hired these Delta Force mercenary to help them out to battle the terrorists. Um, again, it's, it's, it's old-fashioned B-movie camp. I, I liked it. I liked the cheesy action. I enjoyed it. You know, I thought it was a fun movie, speaking for myself. You know, nothing new with the style. A lot of people might find it boring for this era, but I enjoyed it, like I said. Anyway, Search and Destroy 1988, give it a chance. Peace, guys, and see you later. Hey, guys and gals, how you doing? I'm super excited, and when I when I say I'm super excited, I always say 
to me is like it's a review that I really really want to talk about and want to get the word out and and the importance of th this type of review blog of this movie view, movie I'm be doing uh, there's a documentary called Score a film music documentary and it's 2016 but it came out in 2017 in the USA on the 5th which is the official date for its release here if I'm corrected I hope I'm right and what this movie is about is about the importance of music in movies you know like background music and this movie covers pretty much everything there's a minor nitpick but I'll get to that later um, the documentary covers about all these popular musicians that you know of in movies and cinema and trust me we got names like Hans Zimmer Danny Elfman, John Williams, even Trent Razor from Nine Inch Nails, excuse me, Quincy Jones is in this, Randy Newman, Chunky XL, a slew, a slew of iconic, and of course, they even mentioned my number one favorite, Ennios Monicone, Monicone, I'm sorry for saying it wrong, I always get his name wrong, but you guys get the picture when I say his name like that, I mean, I'll give you a hint, if you see the movie Good, Bad, and the Ugly, the guy that did the soundtrack for that movie and many, many movies that he did, trust me, if you know the name, I guarantee you probably see a movie with him, with his background, with his music playing in the background. And I, I really like this documentary because it covers like a lot of mus musicians, composers, and they talk about what music means to them in the movie, in movies, and um... They t they also you'll see interaction with the with directors talking to the composer about how they want what kind of music they feel for this movie how they feel about it and they they take um like samples of music they know of you know like what what sounds like they they do their research buying like they buy or use old instruments before they time and they talk about how they how what kind of old instruments was used during when they use music for movies and you see a lot of unique instruments <laughs> um, there's also um, like movie reviewers being like movie critics being um, like Leonard Maltin he also talks about the important of, of, of music and, and it's, a lot, it's a lot of stuff going on with this I, I, I really like it and they also talk, mention a lot of top movies with, with um, music that you recognize like Superman for example Indiana Jones, Jaws, and all types of drama, comedy, horror, of course, thriller, mystery, and they show you how you have the ba the band and how they listen to the composer, how they how they watch from the window and while watching the movie, what music will be fit fit, for example. Uh, they talk about old technology, like I mentioned, new tech, even new technology. Um, a lot of stuff in this wonderful documentary and score, you know. A lot of stuff. I mean, there's other movies they kind of mentioned where they have top soundtrack that means something to you, but they they went with the bigger ones, you know. But there's there's more to it. But there's so much you could cover within one hour and thirty minutes, you know. So I guess they wanted to keep it short without going way too, without making it like two or three hours long, you know, which is understandable. I mean, cause there's there's a lot of soundtrack that was like my favorite, which is not mentioned in this documentary. But that's not the nitpick, but. Because because I understand, but they went with a lot of top ones, like I just mentioned. Um, I highly recommend it, man. Score a film music documentary. And now, with that being said, now I understand it's a film music documentary, 
So what I'm, my little nitpick is this, is this. I hope they do a part two to score because there's much more to music in the background because they mentioned the movie part of it, right? Now, well, let me mention the one nitpick. I wish they went, I wish Reza was part of this because Reza also do music and um, do background uh, for movies also. And I like to hear the hip hop influence in in music movie document in music movie making also excuse me apologize for that hopefully I won't, I'm trying not to blubber too much so that's what my little nitpick I like to hear the hip hip hop aspects even though they kind of mentioned straight out of Compton with one of the musicians with the title or what music he works on but still I like to hear about the hip hop aspects of it you know but they did talk about influence of music like jazz for example so that's pretty cool but still I wanted the hip hop the rap part of it but um just like maybe at least at least five minutes of that you know that would be cool um hopefully they do a part two like i mentioned and if they do a part two i hope they base it on video game music because video game music is also important when making video games and there's a lot of epic video games with epic video game music like god of war for example and also to include with part two i hope they're adding cartoon music was with it also like in anime and also American cartoons also you know or even the silent era of cartoons you know but like because that's important too because like He-Man like the intro master of the universe or Shiva or especially Thundercats when you have Lionel say Thunder Thunder Thundercats ho and you hear that background music so powerful you know and it's like it makes you like you, know, you make it makes you feel powerful you know, and I, and I like to hopefully they do score part two, which could be based on the video game and animation concept of it. Now they mentioned animation and score, but that's like CGI animation, like like uh, what the musicians that work on the cartoon animation, like like Minions and Despicable Me and Smurf. He's also in it. I forgot his name, but he's mentioned in it, and in, in a big part, in a big majority in this documentary. But still, I like to know about TV animation. You know. So hopefully, score to um was showcase the video game and TV animation part of it. Hopefully in the future. So hopefully my my review or what a mouth will get around, and maybe somebody will see it and put it and understand it. You know, like make it happen. Anyway, um, score from the music documentary. I said definitely check it out. Highly recommend it. Hey guys and gals, what's up? Today we talk about the movie Satan's Black Wedding. Oh shit, this is the type of wedding I want to go into and hang out. That's what I'm talking about. Woohoo! Wedding party in the house. Anyway, <laughs> so well, just aside. Um, this one was about a brother who f finds out that his sister been killed by suicide, but he feels like it wasn't suicide when he was visited by a detective. So the brother is starting an investigation about how his sister died and what's really the mystery behind it. Um, he met up with as a friend of his sister and also an old love interest that he knows of um, that she was working on this book and he found out that the book is about satanic rites, vampirism and and the sister's friends start telling her brother about the history about why she went into the church and she was, a, was curious about the stories and stuff about this old church meanwhile you got this priest who happens to be a vampire and he raised his sister from the dead, pretty much, and she became a vampire. 
and they're pretty much servants of Satan, pretty much. And there's a twist on why they kind of like, in a way, they kind of like prepping her brother up for some, for a big ceremony. Pretty obvious what the title is and where this was going. You could just tell. But um, this is like from the uh, from se from the late seventies, so you get that seventies grindhouse style horror. So that's what I like about this movie, you know. And the vampire effects was kind of cheesy and cheap, but it was kind of cool because you know I'm old school and I like this stuff. Um, the movie's like one hour and two minutes, but it kind of stand by its point what it wants to make. Um, you also got a, a scene with the police detective trying to figure what's going on, and let's just say he goes to this um church and he shouldn't be there pretty much. Um, of course you get your twist ending, which judging by the title it's gonna be pretty obvious what it is, and but it's kind of like kind of like creepy at the same time, you know, like ew, really, you know, like about what this how this wedding's being set up. But anyway, Satan's Black Wedding, I say definitely check it out. Highly enjoyed it. Especially if you're vintage and old school lover me of the 70s horror style. Then this is right up your alley. Peace guys and see you later. What's up everyone? I'll be talking about this movie called Roller Coaster from 1977. Now this movie's about this insurance guy. Like, he suspects roller coasters. Inspect roller coasters pretty much. But this time, he found out that one of his... So that, that was actually that happened in his roller coaster, but it wasn't really an accident because in the beginning of the movie, you see this terrorist guy that blows up roller coasters, and he's making threats and demands for one million dollars, but he wants the insurance guy to deliver it to him, only because when he was when the terrorist put, put a bug in the hotel in one of the meetings, he found out that the, the guy insurance detective kind of like doubted him, like you know he shouldn't give the guy money or nothing. So, but the people behind the amusement park attraction rides and stuff decided to give in to this guy's demand. So, they want to show the tough guy who have to follow this terrorist demand, just give him the money, but at the same time, they're going to try and capture him. Well, everything failed, they have to try again pretty much until he's going to get caught. Um, all in all, if, if you're a fan of roller coaster rides and you kind of scared and shit, I say this movie isn't for you because, you know, it'd be like, there's some, some idiot out there, like a terrorist, probably thinking this. You know, like the way the world's going crazy. So when I saw this movie, it's like, damn, this came out in 1977. Imagine how shit going on now. You know, I'm not being funny or nothing, but look what happened in Vegas. You know what I'm saying? So there's some crazy ass sniper or whatever trying to, might want to do some shit like this. Trying to mess with her people in the amusement park. I'm telling them, man, I hope there's a lot of security on it. Security guards watching and everything. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, I'm not playing the fifth factor, I'm just being honest, because too much crazy stuff's going on. But anyway, besides that, I, I enjoy the movie, you know, it's, it's good, late 70s feel to it, you know. But what, what makes the movie even better was, to me, is the soundtrack. It's like Hitch, like if you're watching a Hitchcock movie. You know, it's like, if you watch Hitchcock movie, you know the, you know the music background? That's the type of music background they use for this movie. And it, and it was also advertised, too, with Hitch, Hitchcock's name on the poster. But all in all, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good drama thriller ride. Um, I enjoy it for what it is. Especially I'm a fan of the 70s stuff, so I, I think this is cool to, by me. But still, imagine the fifth factor, you know, being with vocals. So I'd be like, I hope, hope nothing will happen, you know? So yeah, I guess there will be some horror elements in, in this, in my opinion. Anyway, well, of course, for 1977, check it out. Peace, guys, and see you later. What's up, everyone? Today I'm talking about the movie Robert and the Toy. 
toy maker. Nee, 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 nee. Robin and the toy maker. Well, anyway, I think this is part three of the Robert Hollow movie franchise. This, of course, this is straight to the home market release. But, um, I never seen. I don't know if this is part three or part two, I'm not sure. But I know at the end of this credit, say the toy maker will return in The Legend of Robert the Doll. So this is like his origin, how Robert came about. And of course, this horror doll is based on the true life story of a doll named Robert. But the doll, of course, of course the real life doll in the movie version is too different. Doesn't look like that exact doll, you know? Because the doll has blue eyes and a sailor hat, I think. I know he had a sailor hat. I don't know if it's blue or black eyes he has. Basis on the rocket chair, though. Anyway, this was this was to me like mainly like a puppet master three ripoff for the storyline of it about the Nazis. How they want to get this book to bring life an animated to animate life pretty much. And of course, they want to use it for external for eternal life, like become immortal with the book. So this guy who has the book was running from the Nazi, and this guy's family decided to take care of him, make sure he doesn't get captured. And this goes on for 30 minutes on the drama of it. Once the Nazis figured out that the guy was actually hiding him, the, the girl got the book, the daughter, and she was able to run once they all got executed. So the Nazis trying to go after her, and the daughter gave the book to a toy maker. The woman ended up dying because of the bullet, because of the bullet wounds she got from the gunshot from the Nazi. And he found this toy maker owns a toy shop with this one lady that works for him. She was getting tired of working in the toy shop because, you know, she, she wants to make money, pretty much. Um, later on, the guy would use the book to animate life to one of the dolls, which is, of course, Robert the doll, and Robert comes to life. Um, he tells the female employee about the about what he did. She didn't believe him, but later on, the doll would come and try to attack the woman, and she got scared, and then the guy, the toy maker, decided to tell Robert to hold back. She's a good person. She's a friend. But later on, he found that this woman's going to betray him to the Nazis by telling him, Telling him off about that he got the book and she wants the reward, and even the Nazi kills her. Now, this is mainly more drama, there's not a lot of doll horror action going on, like I've seen the Puppet Master movie franchise, but I'm still get towards the end. But anyway, but when the woman left, the guy wanted a family, so now he brought back Robert the doll, he also brought back two other dolls. One doll that looked like John Wayne Casey, I kid you not, a clown doll that looked just like John Wayne Casey with the buck tooth and the way it looks. And one doll, it was a little movie, Kathy Cuss with that doll. Yeah, he has, the third doll is Kathy Cuss, it's a Kathy doll. Kid you not, he must, the guy who directed this must be a fan of, of that serial killer, and he must be a fan of that movie, Kathy Cuss. So you got John Wayne Casey doll, Kathy Cuss doll, and you got Robert the doll. Once the Nazi, besides that, anyway, when the Nazi captured the old man, the dolls have to work together to free the man, free the toy maker against the Nazi, so they go around, killing the Nazis, but they kill the Nazis by stabbing them, slicing their throat, you know, pretty much that's what they do. You know, it's nothing fancy like puppet mask with the drill or blade or torch fire coming out the arm or leech coming out the mouth. It's nothing fancy, this is more like down ground, more realistic slap kills, but with dolls instead. But anyway, spoiler, I'm gonna spoil the ending. Um, once they kill the Nazis, including the leader, uh, they free the Toy maker died because of the torture scene, because he was tortured. So the doll, the female doll, decided to use the book to bring him back to life. And pretty much the toy maker was alive, so now he's immortal. And he got three dolls with him, so they're gonna leave Germany pretty much. And um, when they came back to roll up, they said it's gonna be a sequel to this one, but the toy maker with it. 
So I guess they're gonna make their, this their version of Puppet Master. Um, I thought the movie was alright, but I did like the ending, how the dolls were moving. I'm always a sucker for, for Puppet Ma puppet dolls, or dolls that move around. So that's one of the things I like about horror movies. One of my favorite trends is Killer Dolls. So, so I, I kind of like it though, but if you can sit, sit through the drama part of it, I think you, I think you might like the ending in my opinion. Anyway, peace guys, and see you later. Today we're going back in 1954, and we're going to talk about this movie called Riders to the Stars. Now, this is a drama science fiction movie, and if, if you like, put it like this, this is like a precursor to, like, like the, back, back in my days, we had Armageddon. Back in those days, they had Riders to the Stars, so that was, in a way, the concept was kind of like, the same, I would say, about these sci scientists. They're specially chosen. They pick up the 12, the government, and they've been trained, tested to see if they can handle going out of space. And they had to go out of space and cap capture this meteor, right? So each of them have their own post. Each of these actors have their own personality, but only three of them were able to go to space. And once the movie drags with the drama, we get to the science fiction part of it when they can actually go. Once they go into space. And then through the astronauts, one is trying to get the meteor. This didn't turn out so well. One went panic mode, and the other one was calm and cool. But then, it, can he come back to Earth safely? You know what I'm saying? Um, all in all, I I like this movie. It, now, if you expect something like alien action, like aliens and stuff, you're not gonna get it from this movie. This is a drama science fiction. Like like again, if you're a fan of of like Armageddon or 2010. You might like this old school movie from 1954, very old school. Um, the actors and actresses are fantastic, good actors. I mean, come on, anything vintage and old school is always good, man. Actors and actresses back in those days, they are passionate, you know what I'm saying? They've, they've been out there all in a movie, you know? And the special effects, of course, is, is, is cheesy, you know? It's like old school special effects from that, from that era. But Riders to the Stars, I highly recommend this one. Check it out. Very, very good movie, in my opinion. And the movie came out last month, so, you know, I'm going to talk all out. This movie starts out with a woman having an abortion. Kick the baby in the bucket. Wait, throw the baby in the bucket. Kick it. And this old man, I believe he was one of the terrorists that blew up the abortion clinic, took the baby in as his own. And you can just tell how he was... He's whipping himself. I think he's raising the baby over-religious, like... And it, but it has that cool soundtrack at the beginning. I love that soundtrack, you know. And then many years later, the baby grows up to be Clytus. Clytus or Clytus, I always say the name right. <laughs> anyway, then you have this family, right, with the woman. We have to celebrate Christmas with her family. And, you know, all the family had their issues, you know, bickering and stuff. Yeah, sounds like my fucking Christmas. But it's not as well as this Christmas. You know, that's one Christmas I'm going to stay, stay away from. Red Christmas. Clytus comes in. Um, Dee Wallstone plays the mom of the family. Tell Clytus to come in. Because she felt sorry for him. And Clytus said he wanted to read a letter to his mother. Where, well, the way this movie was going, it's pretty obvious who the mother was. And you can just tell who the mother was at the beginning. A prologue of this movie. The one who, who, who gave the abortion. Which was, um, which was Cletus growing up. Anyway, D. Wallstone's character got pissed off, kicked him, they, the men in the household kicked him out, and they threw, they, they threw shit at him, you know, they just made him look, like, they treat him like shit pretty much. And Cletus got super angry, got mad, 
and then he's gonna go back to the house and get his revenge and start killing everyone in that killing all the family members one by one in the household Clint gets inside the house he's like a ghost or something I guess because I don't know how he got, he was outside the house and he was able to get inside the house while, while everyone locked down but Dee Wallstone's character will try to protect her family while one of her daughters giving birth to a baby and they gotta watch her while she's giving birth while the family's trying to, trying to drive off Clytus and try to get rid of him you know but Clytus is one step ahead in killing them and the movie has blood and gore deaths um, it's comical horror but it, it's just so well done in this movie you know but like I said this movie is miserable because these people start dying and you have a twist ending it was just kinda like Oh, okay. <laughs> you know? Um, there was one scene I like when, um, Clyde was, was being a smart ass to the D- Wallstone's character during the face off when she had the shotgun. And she got pissed off. She's charged up to Clyde. But you watch that scene where he says before, what he said before that. It was so funny. I was like, oh shit, no, he didn't say that to her. You know? Uh, when Christmas, I said, definitely check it out. I thought it was a fun Christmas horror movie. Still a miserable one. You, again, this is one Christmas party you do not want to go at. Hey guys and gals, what's up? I'll be today we talk about a drama, thriller, mystery, horror movie called Playdate from 2012. I found out this was actually a Lifetime movie, and I remember one of my good friends, Third Input, talk about how Lifetime movies are with their horror and stuff. Yo, he's right, man. Lifetime horror movies. They were really, really good, though, and they really capture the moment. I guess when you work with a low budget and you do stuff for TV, I guess it's easier to um, be creative and raise up the scare factor a little bit, you know? And the movie begins with this kid getting chased, chased by somebody, and the kid ever dying. Years later, you had this family moving into a new house, with another family moving into a new house also. The neighbors decided to introduce, introduce themselves, and you found that woman, that the woman that lived in the house have two two sons. But then later on, as the movie progressed, the the housewife, I mean, not the well, she ain't no housewife, she's she's just working. But the next door neighbor with the daughter and her husband, but the the wife of that family start noticing the woman, how she acts, you know, and how her sons have bruise marks, and then her. Uh, Youngest son plays with, plays with the woman's youngest daughter, but the son is kind of violent. Like he pushes the girl hard and kind of act kind of like aggressive, and that's kind of like weird, right? Um, as the movie progresses, there's like a mystery behind behind the family, you know, and what's really going on with them. I won't spoil it for you guys and gals since this is a 2012 movie, but um, I feel like this movie really de- delivers, you know, about. How, how a suspense and thriller and mystery could like get you curious and, and what's really going on and stuff as it develops but it just keeps you, keeps you on thinking what's going to happen to the family you know are they going to be in danger are they going to survive this how will they fight back you know um against the other family you know um they kind of have like secrets and stuff like I won't like I said I won't say too much but play date from 2012 Highly recommend this one. Definitely check it out. Hey guys and gals, what's up? Today we talk about a movie called Paranormal Experience. And this movie was also done in 3D, by the way. But um, uh, the 3D effect had a, had a little bit of an effect, little cheesiest 3D effect in this movie. 
but it's nothing special though. But um, the movie is about these college kids, especially whether they want to make the grade. So uh, she just go this lead, the leader of the team, the female, decides to take the case and have her college friends go with her to this um old mining like mining town. And it's about and the mining town has a has like a curse town a curse to it because you have this evil doctor that likes to kill people during the during the war time, and then you know people start dying, and people that go there people start dying, even when the doctor was dead, so the town was cursed. So so the team decided to investigate this and see what's going on. Meanwhile, you got the sister of of the team leader. They, they, she also have her own backstory with her, you know, with her sister also, about a bad experience that she had with her dad, you know, and um, so that was gonna play out in this movie also. So just, once they go into the haunted hospital, you start seeing the ghost evil doctor was torture these kids one by one, kill them pretty much. Um, although this movie was was alright, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty good to to be honest with. Honest with you, I actually enjoyed it. It's not the greatest or nothing, but I did enjoy it. It was a good watch, though, and I do, do like the Evil Doctor, you know. And you know, it's kind of, it kind of like it's not really slow though. It does pick up though. So, paranormal experience. I say check it out. You know, it's not a bad movie. Peace, guys, and see you later. Hey guys and guys, how you doing? Today I'll be talking about the movie Paranormal Cases. Excuse me, documentary movie. And this one has Edward Poon hosting this segment, hosting these paranormal cases in in Asian territory and Asian countries about these ghosts um witchcraft and let me just say this movie is it for everybody I mean if you're an animal lover then this movie is it for you there's one disgusting scene about how, how with animals in it yeah this is pretty this is pretty graphic this uh, supernatural documentary movie um, you're gonna have nude, nude scenes too, in this movie, in this documentary movie also. Let me mention that. So, again, if you think this is like PG-13, it's not. It's pretty has disgusting scenes in it. Um, anyway, this guy will have a woman with him and a master or a priest. We would say over here in the U.S. We'll go to different territories, um, talking about these different cases and experiencing them themselves. You know. Seeing like specialized witchcraft, how a guy can pull a soul in the body and curse someone's luck, or love spells, or um, controlling or put death of someone. Yeah, I kid you not. They even have real acting scenes too in this documentary, also, which I find kind of funny how they set it up. I mean, you got to see it to believe it, to be honest with you. Um, all, and there's even a possession scene too in this. And this documentary, which is like, wow, it's crazy. They go to countries like Japan, Malaysia, Hong Kong. It's very, very international fa Asian fair. You know, um, Paranormal Cases from 2012 with, with Edward Poon. Look at the poster art so you know how to find it. Highly recommend it if you're a Supernatural fan or if you're into those Supernatural TV shows. Um, this is right up your alley. Anyway, peace guys and see you later. Hey guys and gals, what's up? How you doing? Today we're talking about the movie Night Feeder. This is the one from 1988, not the alien one from Flim Rise. Not to be confused by the two. Um, this one is really, really good, this movie. Now, I highly enjoyed it. I, this is one of those SOV style movies, but 
I think it's more more than SOV because it looked pretty high budget, even though the quality is like SOV style. But with the special effects they use, it to me is like yo, they the special effects was good in this movie, man. It's like realistic kind of like special effects, I would say, in my opinion. And it's about this reporter investigating about these murders around the neighborhood, and these murders is kind of unique because when when this victim when this when this unknown killer right kill these victims. He, um, they go through the 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 thing goes through the eye socket, sucking through the brains, right? And and that's this report and the police officer trying to find out who this killer is. Um, it kind of has a twist where you might say it might be two two people, but it's like one of those movies where it's like the least person you expect to do the killing, and when you find out who the person was that killed kill kill these people. And the people behind it, you know, because it takes more than one person doing this one in this case. Um, I, I, it's like, oh shit, because you didn't expect it, you know what I'm saying? And I, and I like this movie, man. I mean, the acting was good in this movie too, by the way, for for SV style like movie, you know, I was surprised. And also, I like the um, music in this movie, like the rock music, really good stuff, man. Night Feeder from 1988, I highly recommend this one. Definitely check it out. Peace out, and see you later. Hey guys and gals, what's up? Today I'll be talking about the movie Nails. And the movie's about this woman, right? She was jogging, she got hit by a car. And that car just drove by after hitting her. And I'm, I was like in my mind, damn, really? I wish I had caught the guy in this movie who did that to her. Excuse me for a moment, I had my pineapple juice. <sighs> I apologize, I know I should, I should drink before I do a review. Um, so she was in the hospital, she's very injured, she's having a hard time breathing, put a tube in her, in her throat, and she's talking off her computer, but at the same time she, she can speak a little bit, her husband will see her, her daughter will see her, and suddenly she had these supernatural occurrences in the hospital, and she suddenly sees this tall, slender man-like character. And you find out his name is Nails. He was he has this background story when he was he killed children. He likes to cut their nails. You know, that's why they call him nails. But there's some nitpicks about this movie, but I, I won't go through that, you know. Um this movie's a it's, it's still a new movie, so I won't I wanna go through details, but the nitpick, um I'll let it slide because I kinda like the mystery behind the ghost about why he will kill these kids. So he I give him a little back backstory mystery. But the ghost is like scary looking, and if you see something like the grunge, how the ghost will move slowly or come behind the walls and stuff, it's kind of kind of creepy looking, you know. And I like I like that, you know. So I was like, I like, I'll, I'll let it slide. But the woman is scared of this character. You find out this ghost is trying to kill her. Um, people in the staff wondering what she was talking about. Um, as the movie progressed, we found out a little bit of mystery about the woman. Let's just say she has somewhat of a history with this hospital also. And it kind of builds up to it because it's kind of like when I saw a clue on it, I was like, oh, maybe she was part of that after all. Because when you see the beginning of the movie, it will tell you that pretty much. Um, nails, when nails kill people, it's kind of like mostly off-screen kills. You probably see like two two kill scenes that's on-screen. But again, the off-screen kills are less slide. Like again, again, use your imagination type of thing. But all in all, um, I kind of like it. I mean, it's a simple movie, a ghost going after this woman, torturing her, you know, 
she's getting scared. Um, ghostly, scary ghosts, you know, creepiness, ghost effects, old school ghost effects that you already know about. Um, although Nails, to me, I thought it was a good movie, in my opinion. Um, nothing new, but still enjoyable to watch. So I say definitely check it out. So I'll be talking about a movie called My Little Sister. Um, this is a very independent movie. I think this is a British movie. Because the way the actors and actresses sound in this movie. Excuse me, because I have a drink of my Burger King soda. See, in the ghetto, we call Burger King soda the special one. Because what we do in the hood, we combine Coca-Cola and Dr. Pepper together. Delicious. Anyway, back to the movie. So the movie starts off with this this bunt face killer and he'll cut up this guy's face like Texas Chainsaw style, how they how leather face cut up a man's face. And one of the women escape. Later on forward to this forward to this part of the movie, we get two two couples walking in the woods, looking for their friends. This guy's warning them, get out the woods. They also see a crazy lady running around the woods acting cuckoo. And um Later on, the boyfriend of the girl ended up getting chopped up by the bun-faced killer. And the woman's on the run. She ends following the killer, dragging her man. You find out that he's partially, he's somewhat still alive. And she's wandering around his house and stuff. And then, once, once she is able to free him and try to escape with him, she, the guy told her to go because he was heavily bleeded. He's, he's already dying anyway. So she's on the run from the Buntface Killer. And the funny thing is, the Buntface Killer have a mask over his head. So this movie is very low budget. So I don't know if they're working with the killer being Bunt or the killer actually have a mask over his head. Now, I'm like in my mind, hey, it's low budget. I understand. I'm going to work what we got. You know what I'm saying? I'm with that. You know, it's cool, man. Because if I was doing a movie like this, I would have done the same thing. Let's be real. Trying to save some money too, you know? <laughs> But anyway, the woman ended up being with the guy that warned about the what's going on in the woods, you know, about leaving, and then the guy's trying to tell her how to get out, and the guy and the woman don't trust him, so she's following the guy, and then let's say the bunfish killer ended up catching up with them, and then the woman ended up being on the run, she's running back to the house, you know, and you find a little bit more story about the bunfish killer because. The woman have to go save a friend, the one who escaped from the killer in the beginning part of the movie. So anyway, it's pretty much like survival, you know, how the woman's going to be able to feel a friend, how she's going to escape, how she's going to stop the killer. Um, this movie, like I say, is very low budget, so don't expect anything better camera angle or great special effects. I mean, for a low budget, what they're working with, how the, how the killer cut the guy's face, you know. Um, I give credit. The kill scenes were, were simple kill scenes, you know, nothing new. But my little sister, I thought it was an okay movie. Uh, definitely a decent watch. If you're a fan of independent movies, especially low-budget kinds, um, I'd definitely say check it out. Anyway, peace, guys, and see you later. Hey, guys and gals, what's up? Today, I'll be talking about the movie Mutant War. And this movie is supposed to be the sequel to um, Galaxy Destroyer, or a.k.a. Galaxy, which is also known for. And it's about our hero from the last movie. And, you know, he... he Walks around that post-apocalyptic world, and then he meets up with this child, this like this teenager, and later you find this teenager needs help finding her sister. At first, the guy didn't want to do it, but he decided to help her out, and it's pretty much 
when he, when he says, excuse me, when he goes with the girl to help her find a sister, they're captured by these zombie-like monsters from the first movie, like, and they pretty much have to battle them, and they, when they save the sister, I mean, when they save the older sister of the younger sister, um, you find out there's human rebels that needed help because of their women have been missing, kidnapped by these monsters, so they go back, battle these monsters, and battle the leaders in charge of them. Um, this movie was good, you know, it's, it's like the first movie, you know, it's very B-movie camp, you know, but it's fun, you know, I like the sense of humor between the guy and the teenager, teenage girl that he saves, and their relationship, how they joke around, how they're all, like, together, like, they, like, love and hate kind of relationship-like, but still, he has, like, a soft spot, kind of like Han Solo, like I said, from the first review of this, of, of Galaxy Destroyer. Um, definitely check it out, highly recommend Mutant War if you're into B-movie fun. Today I'll be talking about the movie Mother Krampus. Yes, Krampus has a mother. <laughs> no, but this is kind of like a twist on an urban legend from a, another country. I think in maybe it's in the UK, I guess, or maybe in Sweden, whatever. But they, they talk about this legend called it was, this is supposed to be based on a legend of a female witch that kills people at Christmas time. And um, this movie, when I, when I did research on this movie a little bit, I had to go on IMDb because I was kind of curious. Um, this was released in the UK actually, um, last I think it was last month, and just got a US release today actually, so you can check this on video demand. But um, damn, it's kind of weird because I saw, I just reviewed the movie Red Christmas, and it's like same. This movie's like the same movie because it's it's misery. It's like I mean, you, every character you gotta feel sorry for they dead. <laughs> you know, and of course I won't spoil it a little. I won't spoil it because this is this has a release date today anyway. So a uh, official US release. So so I'm gonna spoil it for that reason. And so again, if you've never seen this movie, um, go check that movie out first before you hear my review. Um, the Mo Mother Cramp is a movie that takes place like there's a whole lot that happened like years ago when k kids start dying, and and there was a mystery behind it. And in the present now, we have this woman and her daughter and her dad going to celebrate Christmas soon. But then this old lady later comes and visit the woman's father. Now, this old woman, she has a mystery visiting this old man. And the dad's daughter was curious, like, who was she, you know? But um, he just says he was telling her something. She was just going to be leaving, you know? It's just an old friend, old, post, old friend she knows about pretty much. Um, but meanwhile, you got Mother Krampus going around kidnapping kids, killing a few adults, you know. And, um, the, I mean, it's like supposed to be, like, Mother Krampus is supposed to kill people. Like, you find it in the flashback that a bunch of town villagers blame her for the murder of, the, of all these children years ago. So they took justice on, in their own hands, similar to what they did with Freddy Krueger. But Mother Krampus is a different case because. Spoilers for spoilers, she was like innocent. Let's put it like that. And um, so the town villagers killed her, and um, she cursed, she placed a curse on the town that she could come back to life and kill them and kill the kids also. And also, any anyone that gets involved or get involved around them, they're gonna get killed killed too. So Mother Christmas will kill them, like with their flesh and take a piece of their flesh and make cookies out of it. And, um, that's one of her kill scenes. Um, the kill scenes are, like, you, you see, like, exact kill scene where you see her killing people, and it's a one torture scene, 
but you don't see too much of that, you know, that's the thing, maybe it's like 20% of her doing that, most of it is just like, she'll kidnap the kids, and you don't know what she does after after that, and for the rest of the rest of the town villagers, you don't see their kill scenes either, it's like, you see a few of them kill on screen, but a lot of them was off-screen kills, which is mentioned by the old man when he goes back to the church, when he t confessed to his daughter about what really went on and stuff, um, of course, towards the end of the movie, Mother Krampus is going to go to the, 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 the um, daughters of the dad, and of course, kill pretty much kill people in the house while she's going after the final young girl for part of her sacrifice. But see, again, I, this part I will not spoil because this movie does have a twist ending, which I did not expect. I mean, at the same time, it's really nothing new, and I keep on saying that because if you, if you watch a lot of horror movies like me, then you're going to say the same thing as me. It's really nothing new. But for this type of movie, I didn't even expect for it to have this type of ending. I just thought it would be a straight-on kill um, without no twist. But it did have a twist on, let's put it like this, on who really killed those kids many, many years ago. And pretty much the witches go to get her revenge. But, you know, she turned to the, she turned to the dark side to do it. So it's one of those type of stories. Mother um, Crabbe, let's say check it out. I mean, I enjoy Today we're talking about a movie called Modern Vampires, and guys and gals, let me tell you something. This is one weird fucking movie, man. This one I thought I saw all of Casper Van Dien's movies. I guess not, cause this one skipped my radar. I don't know why, but 1998, man. I yeah, what was I doing? 1998. Can't remember. I don't know how this movie skipped onto my radar, really. Um, the movie's about this guy who's in love with this vampire woman. And they go like on the run from this vampire guy, which is Dracula. Which is a shitty version of Dracula. This is the most shittiest version of Dracula I've ever seen. He was like a nightclub with all the vampires. And pretty much like, they terrorize and stuff, you know, LA and stuff. But, um, he also got Van Helsing in this movie. And he got people from, he hires like gang, mem gang, gang members to help him slay vampires and stuff. And <laughs> they go around killing vampires, which is. Kind of, it was kind of silly, man. It's really shitty how they set it up, though. I'm not saying that in a bad way. This is like one of those B movies that you can just sit back and laugh off and shit. Like, what the fuck? And there's like a lot of witch. There's one witch scene, man. I don't know how to take it, but it's like a comical version when, when Van Helsing killing the vampires with his gang members, and they capture one of the female ladies and tie her up, and um, the vampire woman said, "I shall kill you, blacks." And the gang members like, what? <laughs> so they start like banging her, you know what I'm saying? But they did it in a way when, when the vampire woman wants it, you know what I'm saying? Like, do it, do it, try it, try it. And there's a reason why she wanted them to try it because those those gang ba bangers, they end up turning into vampires themselves because they had sex with a vampire. So she kind of like poisoned them. <laughs> so it's like, it's like kind of creepy. I'm like, yo, well, I don't find anything funny about that, man. That's kind of creepy. It's kind of, it's kind of creepy. It's, it's, it's ill. Like, how could you, like, that's crazy. Like, like, they're making fun of Gatbanger. That's not funny, man. That's not, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's weird. I mean, if you see this movie, you guys know what I'm talking about. And later on, Van, Van Helsing meets up with, um, the, the, Van, Casper character, who, um, Casper, I mean, the vampire hunter Van Helsing was gonna kill his girlfriend. You know, trying to mess with his going and then Drake said, I'll make you a deal. I think that was his name, yeah, because my character plays Drake. If I'm wrong, I apologize. 
But um, he leaves Van Helsing through Dracula's lair. Dracula's end up capturing him, and then, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, then Casavetti's character have the gangs help him battle the vampires and try to save his girlfriend. And it's just this movie is horror but comedy, but I I can't take so I can't take that gangbang scene seriously. I I can't. It just disgusts me. You know, I was like, I, I don't find anything comical in that man, but. Besides that, it's one odd movie, man. So I say check it out if you're a Casper Van Dien fan. If you sense the towards certain scenes in the movie, then I say stay away because usually I don't like to see scenes where women get disrespected like that. You know what I'm saying? I, it's it's kind of creepy. Anyway, peace, guys. And see you later. Hey, guys and gals. Today I'll be talking about a movie called The Convent in 2000. And this is a movie I actually rented back in the days, though. So when I rewatched this, I was like, yeah, I did watch this after all. And I remember really liking this movie, and after watching it again, I did like this movie after all. Um, the movie has a prelude, starts with this girl, starts shooting up this convent with killing the nuns and priests in the side of church. And there's like a history behind it, why she did it. So 40 years later, you got a bunch of young, young college kids, of course, decide to party, want to have fun. So they decided to go to the old church. Where the um woman shot up these the priest and nun in the church forty years before, so they're smoking weed and stuff, laughing, joking around, and one of the um girls saw like the scary nun with black eyes, so it was like all in her head. She thought she imagined it, you know. Excuse me. Um. So later on, the cops come in, the security guard. Ready to like trying to bust whoever entered the church. So one of the girls had like she's on probation, she didn't want to get caught, so she stayed behind the church and told one of the guys to lie that she's not there. Well, someone captured her behind her back, and a bunch of the guys and girls decided to leave the church, you know, thinking that one of the friends actually ran out after all, you know. So one of the girls' friends saying that you left her behind, so they had to go back in the church trying to find her, while the other guy had to find his weed. Uh, meanwhile, you found out that the girl that been, that been snatched up behind the church, the goth girl, she was about to be sacrificed by these fake satan, satan, satanic worshippers. But when they pronounce the words of Satan, like, and they kill, they kill her, that we we make the demon come back from the church. All the evil that happened in the church, the evil spirits come back and they possess the goth girl, and she became like a neon-like demon with green eyes. So whoever she kills, ended up becoming the demon. And the college kids will have to try and escape these demons and try to survive. Pretty much this movie is like a Night of the Demon ripoff. But it's a pretty good Night of the Demon ripoff at least. Uh, and then one of the girls are able to escape. And I don't want to ruin too much, but I feel like even though this is an old movie, I feel like it still stands out as being a fun movie. Because you actually find out who the girl was when she grew up at, at, the, at 40 years after. So it was pretty cool to find out who she really was. Because I was shocked, like, oh, that's one of my favorite actresses. And, um... So she has to go back, and you find out like a backstory about who these, who the nuns and the priests was, and why she killed them, and the backstory of it, and all, and the reason why they are, why the evil exists in this convent, you know. So it's it's a pretty good movie. I liked it. I highly enjoyed it. Matter of fact, I highly recommend it. So definitely check this one out. The Doll Master. This movie is a European, is a United Kingdom horror movie, and it's about this mental patient. Well, a mental illness guy, but he's a mental patient, but he's living on his own. 
and he got this so-called care worker visiting him. They don't even find out that he took his dolly. You go, yeah, you go the doll, and then the doll was being held up for ransom. So he would have to go all in the forest underneath an underground tunnel to look for his dog, Yugo. Meanwhile, you got a camera crew going around, you know, trying to do an investigation, searching about the tunnels. But they get crossed between this cult-like Dolphidamine character with Yugo going around killing them. And while the mental patient had to go look for his dog, Yugo, underground the tunnel. Um, later on you found there's a mystery behind it and what's really going on. But all in all, um, this is no chucky, I'll tell you that, but it was an enjoyable watch, you know, how the doll acts, you know, how the doll is and what the story's behind it. I kinda like the mystery. I kinda like the life life like doll figurine characters. I think they were wonderful, you know. I I like the art of it. I like I like I always like that type of stuff. Speaking for myself, you know, like doll like People that dress as dolls, I don't know why, but I always think that's fascinating, you know. But I think it's pretty cool, though, in my opinion. But there, there is a supernatural element behind it, though. Um, I said, I'll be checking out the, the Doll Master. Hey, guys and gals, today I'll be talking about the movie The Elf from 2017. And this movie's about this girl and this guy that goes into a toy store. Like, I take toy shop pretty much, like, with antiques and stuff. Once the guy goes upstairs, he finds this, um, box, right? And he pronounced the lines in the box, and pronounced, like, what's on the paper. And he got, he saw this creepy elf doll with a knife on it. And I'm like, in my mind, like, should you be acting strange when you see an elf doll with a knife on it? Especially when it's pointing at you. Like, imagine the elf doll will go gold chain and a gold tooth to be that elf could be a hip hop artist. Like, I'm gonna cut you up. Bitches get snitches. Snitches get stitches, you know. It's <laughs> the way that doll looks that doll looks funny as shit. The elf doll. Anyway, when the guy and his girl goes to the house, the elf doll was in the house with them. And the guy and the girl start looking at it like what the hell? <laughs> like that that attitude and stuff. Well anyway once the girl takes the doll and put the doll in the outside in an old stove, like, and later on the guy wanted to leave because he's, he said no, that some creepy shit is happening, you know, it's like, like he having bad visions, you know, of his, it looked like of his childhood, and him and the girl, he tells the girl we gotta leave, and then when they go downstairs, we find out that the girl invited her family over for Christmas Eve. The guy was disappointed, like, you know, he didn't want this, you know? Well, to fast forward, was the movie progressed later on? I mean, you get the drama with the girl and the guy, you know, like, she supports a man, but her family doesn't support the guy, like, how he is. But she gives us to tell her what's going on. But as we, as we fast forward to the elf doll, once the elf doll starts doing his kill scenes, um, you don't see the kills that much. Like, sometimes you get, like, cut and edit kills. But once the elf starts killing people, it's like the elf was like a stabby with his knife, and the elf was really CGI, which you can just tell is CGI. I don't know if you have a stop motion animation, but it looks more CGI because it's like, when you have the elf dog, he had the big eyeballs, right? His eyes were big, and once he started moving around and started killing people, his eyes were beady looking, and evil.
you know? And I like the elf. I like to kill elf. But then when you progress, and, and that happens, like, within, like, when you get to the 40-minute mark, that's when the elf start doing his skill stuff, just let you guys know. But I, I like the, I like the story, because there was a story behind it, and plus there was also a twist ending with this story, you know? Which I did not expect, to be honest with you. I was like, oh, oh, oh shit, okay. Something, something was up after all. Check the movie out when it's out. And I enjoy this one, you know. So, peace guys and see you later. Hey guys and gals, what's up? Today we talk about a classic superhero movie. The Meteor Man from 1993. That's right guys and gals, The Meteor Man. And, um... When you look about, when you look at it now, even back then, it was like silly and stupid to a lot of people. But to me, I like it. You know, I was one of the few people that liked this movie. It's a good, feel good Robert Townsend movie. You know, and of course, without a doubt, he's a fan of comic book movies. You know, and this is like a traditional comic book movie, but with, 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 with of course, com- comedic feel to it. Of course, comedy and spoofing in a way, I would say, but. But anyway, the movie's about our town. He's a school teacher, you know, and he sees these problems in the neighborhood, and you know, and the neighborhood's not so good. Like gangs run the neighborhood with drugs, and they hurting hurting people in the community. And then one day, Meteor Man, when he was on the run from one of the gang members, he got hit by the meteor. He was in a hospital, and he realized he got these powers, like X-ray vision, laser vision. Pretty much powers like Superman, pretty much. Uh, one one of the unique powers, if you touch a book, he start he start uh, remembering stuff from the book or have abilities from a book, for, but only for thirty seconds. He also has a best friend played by Eddie Griffin, who was also he's like a scientist, a science teacher, pretty much in the school. And it's pretty much him, you know, like he he doesn't want to use his powers, you know, show off his powers, but everybody in the neighborhood know he got powers, you know, and when he had one of the gang lords trying to like mess with him, so um, like everybody starts finding out, like, oh wow, this this guy got abilities, you know, and there's a lot of comedy in it. Like, of course, it's comedy because Robert Townsend's in it. Um, they got his mom trying to make him a super suit, like, like Superman, and it's kind of funny how, even to this day, it, this when they say we want you to become a superhero, like, you you be better than Batman. Superman, Spider-Man, they named the top three superheroes in this movie. And even to this day, you ask anybody in the whole world, what are the top three, what are the most superheroes you recognize the most? They will say the same thing to this day, 2017. But, um, but all in all, as the movie progressed, you know, it's like, it's, he, there was a situation, kind of similar to what Spider-Man, Peter, about his Uncle Ben, he decided it was a bad situation in the neighborhood, and he said, you know what, I'm going to use my powers and stop these gangs, you know, and help the community out pretty much. And later on, you know, of course, there will be situations where he, like, when he lost his power and he has to stand up to his gang, stand up to the gang lords without without his powers, you know, and prove to the people, like, hey, I believe in myself, and he was trying to stop the gang lords. And there's a lot of stuff going on in this movie during the end fight scenes, but all in all, um, The Meteor Man, I highly enjoyed it. I, to me... I enjoyed like the first time I seen it, long time ago, you know, and even to this day, it's a good comedy movie, a good family movie. It's about believing in yourself, and it's good to see the community about taking care of your community, believing in your community, 
and you know cleaning up the trash pretty much you know you know you live in the ghetto like me you know it's like you see a lot of bad stuff in the neighborhood and you wish you could clean stuff up but again you don't need superpowers to do it you could be yourself and and it's all about the community good people in the community that believe in themselves also um yeah it's a feel good movie yeah the Migo man definitely check it out definitely with your family or your friends your kids of course excuse me so peace guys and see you later
crazy man. sounds different but it was like weird you know like to see a movie like this how how realistic how the people behind it did their own work about maybe they show 2020 they show dateline maybe they show unsolved mysteries and put that into a found footage style movie with the killers killing people with the camera while you get the investigators being interviewed and other people I, I thought this movie like i said i thought this movie was really really fucking good I wish I had a chance to see it years ago, but like I said, times are different, you know, you get back with all this stuff to review, so. But, um, the Pocket Kipsy tapes, this was no joke. I mean, I think it lives up to the hype. If you're a fan of what I'm just talking about, then I think you definitely would like this movie. But, again, if you don't like seeing people being tortured and stuff in your horror movies, then this isn't for you then. Anyway, peace, guys, and see you later. Hey guys and gals, what's up? Today I'll be talking about the movie The Revenant. And um, this is from 2009. I guess there's a lot of horror... I mean, I think I saw a few horror movies with that same name. But again, this is from 2009. And this movie is a horror comedy. And it's pretty funny. It's pretty entertaining, though. You know? Um, the movie's about this military guy who got jumped by terrorists. He comes to America. He died. Later on, he comes back to life. He visits his best friend, and his best friend wondering how he became a zombie, and how he's and the zombie and his friend became wondering how he became like this. They can't figure it out. So, and you find out he can't die. Um, as the movie progressed, they decided to work together by accident, like a criminal trying to stop them. So the zombie decided to attack him because he needed food. And that's how, and then, they, then him and his best friend start figuring out, you know what? Let's kill more criminals. So they started to become vigilantes. Like, think of Batman and Robin, but what if they were undead? It would be these guys, but without the cool weapons. So every time they kill a criminal, they take their guns away, pretty much. And they made a habit out of it, becoming vigilantes. Later on, um, this go out of hand when they kill, kill like a group of criminals, but they were really cops. But they were bad cops, but still one of their friends caught them doing it. And then, also, if I got to mention that his best friend, when he died during the accidental vigilante run, when he got shot, um, his friend who was a zombie decided to turn him into a zombie. So I forgot to mention that part. So he was also, so now you got both of them undead, stopping crime. <laughs> but like I said, when things go wrong, um, one thing led to another. Um, two of the friends start disagreeing with each other. They start separating, but then when one of his friends ended up dying from another zombie that came back to life, um, he got the message that he has to be on the run, his undead friend, and then he started trying to kill himself, and whatever he, whatever he does, his friend can't even do it, you know? So, it, it's just so, it was just so comical how everything got set up, and how he's trying to kill himself towards the end, and how the cops are acting. It's there's a lot going on in this movie though, but it's pretty it's pretty crazy though. The Revenant, I say definitely check it out. Peace, guys, and see you later. What's up, guys and gals? Today we talk about the movie The Summoning from 2014, and this is a horror movie. About it's a simple topic to talk about this story, but it's about young people want to celebrate have a big party to go to it in the barn 
somewhere in the farm. Bunch of young adults, well, kids, let's put it like that, took the wrong way to the forest and ended up getting hung and jumped by guys in a hoodie but demons killing them and kidnapping one of the women to transfer a spirit, a soul of a demon in her so she could give birth to a demon baby. Yep, that's all the movie is about. As the to fast forward, the woman being possessed by the demon, killing a friend that kind of like saved her, I would say, but she been so possessed, and then when she left, a group of her hoodie demon friends now ended up killing more people at the bond party. Um, this movie was just a decent popcorn watch, but it does get boring later on. Like between the second act, because it mainly gonna drag, you know. Um, there's a lot of deaths, but the death scenes are not all that, you know, cheap CGI blood. Um, the movie is just a decent, decent watch. It's not great. It's not fantastic. It's nothing. It's just made pretty much this movie. Um, the summon in. Check it out if you want to. Pretty much. Anyway, peace, guys, and see you later. Hey, guys and gals, how you doing? T today, I'm very excited. Today's the U.S. release of the movie The Villainous. This came out in Korea a few months ago, and of the year 2017, this was like one of my most expectation movies to watch, you know. And um, how does it live up? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, when it comes to Korean movies in general and any genres, they always know how to put out a good story and make it well balanced. I can tell you this, good acting, great cast, now when it comes to being a martial arts movie fan also, which you know is one of my specialties, and what you see in the trailers, 100% without a doubt lives up to the hype of the action part of it. I love the action, I love the first person feel of it, I love the regular feel of the action movie when you see her face to face kicking ass, and it's, the action is fantastic and it's super violent too by the way. So. You do see some great kill scenes in this movie, without a doubt. As for as for the story, um, I like the story, but at the same time, it's not really original. I mean, if you've seen Kill Bill, let's put it like that. If you've seen um, La Femme Fatale, if you've seen The Naked Killer, which was a Chinese action movie back in the days, and you put that all together, you pretty much got the movie The Villainous. So that's what you're getting from this movie. But without spoiling too much, um, I said definitely check it out, you know. You know, even though I even know the story's not original for me, but the action is fantastic. And you watch if you want to watch this movie for the action, you definitely will get your money's worth. Anyway, peace guys and see you later. What's up guys and gals? So that we talk about the movie The Zombie Ken. And this is a horror comedy. Not to be taken too seriously. Um, this movie is pretty obvious that in the United Kingdom. It's about well, these survivors trying to survive against survivor zombie apocalypse, pretty much. Led by Edward Furlong. I kid you fucking not. Yes, Edward Furlong. Um, you find out that these zombie survivors battle the zombies. They meet other survivors, and each of them have their own backstory. So they kind of have like a little bit of character development of how they became, how they survived from the zombie apocalypse. Meanwhile, you get to a split two-side story where Edward Furlong by his wife Diane, and he's pissed off, and he pretty much made a deal with the devil 
played by guess what? Corey Feldman. Again, I kid you fucking not. He plays like this demon that made Ed Furlong the zombie kin. And he's giving him the power to raise the dead. So he can bring his wife back. While, meanwhile, while the people trying to survive the zombie apocalypse cut to the chase, they go to a church, meet up with a priest. He told him of the story of the zombie kin and how Ed Furlong's character was once part of his church. But he turned to the dark side because since his wife passed away, so he practiced voodoo. And that, like I said, that's how he raised the demon. Um, Kafu, they call him, play, again, played by Corey Feldman. And then pretty much the survivors will have to bow the demon, the demon, the demon, and of course the zombie can by stopping the zombie apocalypse once and for all. All in all, um, this movie, I gotta, I gotta admit, this was an enjoyable horror comedy. Um, the, and I kinda like, if you see like, a lot, of, a lot of these horror zombie comedy in the United Kingdom is pretty much the same concept. And it's just funny to see Corey Feldman playing the demon kin while Erifone played the zombie kin. It's just hilarious to me. It's like, damn, what happened to these guys? Anyway, that's the zombie kin. I say check it out for a good B-movie fun. Drinking beer with your friends and making fun of it. <laughs> but in a good way, you know, a little bit of track. Why not? Peace, guys, and see you later. Hey guys and gals, what's up? I'll be talking about a little bit about the movie This Island Earth from 1955. And this is a universal movie, yeah man. I was like, I, I was surprised I never saw this one. I always thought I saw every one of them, every of these universal monster movies, but one skipped me because I remember this pop figure, right? And I had this alien when it showed like the universal monster line. And one of them was a monster I'd never seen before, this alien figure like. And I found out it came from this movie. And this is, I didn't know about this movie because I saw this movie off of my Roku. You know, guys, how many times I gotta tell you, Roku's a beautiful thing, people. Come on, get a Roku, motherfuckers. Come on, it's not hard. It's free. It's free. Unless you want to pay for the subscription channel, Shredder is really good. Shredder is really good. I, I recommend Shredder. If you go to, if you, look, Netflix is gonna go down. Like, Netflix is not what it used to be. Alright, guys? Netflix means stripped. Okay, especially with Disney taking out all the good stuff. And they have their own network. And there'll be some other movie studios will follow. And the selections are not so good in Netflix as they used to be. I mean, they have most of their own shows, you know. But right now, to me, the only shows I care about on Netflix, for me, is Daredevil and The Punisher right now. Just got finished watching it. I will be reviewing that on my other channel, so I'll be on the lookout for that. But besides that, um... Yeah, this Island Earth, man. I mean, whoo... Good movie, man. I mean, especially if you're into the science fiction era of the 50s with the alien, those B-movie effects, you know. But back then, it was big-budget movie effects back in those days, but to us now, they B-movie effects. And it's about this good-looking dude, you know, good-looking guy, you know. I always have those rugged, good-looking guys in the 50s in these type of movies, man. What's up with that? Anyway, he's like, a, he's flying a plane. His plane's going out of control, but his plane was saved by this green beam of light. And he doesn't know how it happened, you know. So he went back to the science lab with his partner. And they started figuring out some things, you know, about the parts that we're interested in. About, like, energy, electricity, like. And they ordered, like, this box of electrical parts. And they built it together. And suddenly this guy appeared on the screen. And he showed them how, about this laser ray. And then suddenly the scientist guy decided to pull the plug. Later on he gets an invitation. About coming to this guy's come to this guy's place, excuse me. So he gets into this airplane, right? And this plane is like self remote control. You know, there's no pilot. 
So he's probably thinking in my damn, I must be going to another planet. I'm like, dude, have you seen outside the the craft? It's a regular plane. It's a self control inside. That's all it is. Once he landed, he comes out looking like he he he's like in his mind, wait a minute, I'm still on Earth, right? <laughs> anyway, this girl that he used to know from from the past picked him up, show her I mean, she shows him a little bit around the house, and he finally meets with the owner of the house, the scientist that he saw on the screen. And the scientist chairman guy, like, he wants him to be part of his science team about figuring out, about making, about this, like, this nuclear weapon or nuclear energy-like, but it's really a weapon, let's put it like that, in my opinion. So the scientist guy, like, okay, something's not right, he's talking with other scientists, his scientist friend. And the professor from Gilligan's Island is actually in this movie too, by the way. Yeah, I recognize his face. Anyway, uh, they realize something's not right, so they're trying to escape the house. Science, the scientists that was living in the house that were dying, and the aliens kind of um, hijack them, you know, and taking them to their planet. And he starts seeing their resources and what they really are about after all, and what they really look like too. Um, all in all, The Silent Earth is definitely a good movie. I highly enjoyed it. I was surprised i never seen this before. This was the first time I saw this. But like I said, I'm old school t also. So that's why one of my favorite genres. Vintage movies, old school, in any, any era. Hey, if you see my blogs, you know what I'm talking about. You know where I'm at. So yeah, The Silent Earth, definitely check it out. Peace, guys, and see you later. What's up, everyone? Today I'll be talking about a trilogy movie called Thunder, also known as... Thunder Warrior Part, Thunder Warriors, excuse me, 1, 2, and 3, and I'm gonna do, it's mainly like a flashback review, because it's been a long time I saw this movie, and um, I remember going on, because my dad rented these trilogies in the video cassette store, and I'm looking at the front cover, I'm gonna say motorcycle jump in, and I'm like, what the hell is this, <laughs> you know, like my mom said, I didn't say what the hell is this, but I was like, my mom said, I was like, weird, you know, I was like, Never seen anything like this, you know. But I know it was an action movie, just about a cover. And then later on, I ended up finding out that it was an Italian-style movie with an American co-production. Because both Seven Son is also in this movie, plays the sheriff. And the movie is really an Italian exploitation version of Rambo. Like that's just, they take on Rambo with a Native American Indian theme to it. And the lead actor who plays Thunder is Mark Gregory. Which is him in a lot of Italian exploitation movies, you know. Young, good looking guy, you know what I'm saying? You know how Italian movies are. Always have a young, good looking person in them and they lead, you know. Um So anyway, but I remember about the first movie, right? He coming he's coming back from the war, what it looked like to me from the he has military jacket and stuff. Just like Rambo, right? And um she's the woman that he killed for the woman that he love. He found out that his County, this town where he was born from, and it's like corrupted. You got these construction worker blowing up mines, the Native Indian burial grounds, and he's telling the sheriff this is wrong, this should not be happening, that's illegal, and of course they're gonna disagree with him, and later on they're gonna beat him up, and you know start kicking his ass, and they gonna accuse him of a crime that he, you know pretty much he's innocent, you know it's like he ain't did nothing wrong. So you got the police department, you got construction worker, and you want to go on their own, try and go after him. And then he goes out, going out for revenge, kicking, kicking their ass pretty much Rambo style, you know. And um, then you get Thunder Part 2. This one I remember pretty well, because to me it had good action, good fights, good old-fashioned 
casings, and then some thunder comes back to the town, but this time it's different because he's a police officer now sent to this county, you know, and so, but this one twist, you get like this cop, right, and he's corrupted, and and he's like the villain of this of the movie too, and then and also he's working with these, this motorcycle gang, selling drugs to the reservation, and you know he, he runs the operation, and the, the sheriff's pissed off, you know he knows Thunder getting his way, gonna destroy his operation, and he wants everyone to stay low, you know the, the, the criminals that he's working for. Um, there's an investigation, Thunder's in find an investigation about one of his, one the chief, the chief Indian of the reservation been murdered. You know, and he knew something's not right. He he knows that you know something's wrong. And it's gonna lead up to the main villain, and then they're gonna try and stop Thunder. Cause Thunder have to kick kick the ass pretty much. You know, you know, and um, they would get part three. Part three. Um, I'm gonna try and remember part three a little bit because part three, if I remember correctly, but been a long time since part three. Only saw that one time, like, and um, part three is about the Indian reservation. I think if I'm corrected. Townspeople, you know, they don't like Indians and stuff, and they're trying to mess with the reservation. And I hope, I hope I'm right. I could be wrong, but um, Thunder will have to stop the townspeople that's disrespecting the Indians. You know, trying to hurt them, hurt the reservation, and trying to um, be dirty. You know, so it's like the first two movies, pretty much. And Thunder and his Indian and the Indian people that support him will fight them off, pretty much. Um, like I said, it's been a long time I saw these movies, I hope I'm right, I mean, this is more like a flashback review, but I remember enjoying the movie, I remember the action, is t- old-fashioned talent, exploitation-style action movies that you see back in the 80s, that's how it is, you know, um, anyway, it was a enjoyable watch, you've never seen it, try see it maybe online, they might have it or whatever, um, but hopefully, I'm hopefully, hopefully one day, and the reason why I'm talking about this too, I'm hopefully maybe one day um, Shout Factory can pick up the Thunder series, you know, and put it into Blu-ray format or DVD format because if you go if you see Shout Factory, they'll release a couple of talent, uh, talent cinema movies, you know, in Blu-ray and DVD, and of course you can check out the um, Shout Factory channel on um, on on your Roku, you know, or on Pluto TV, you know, so they show. So they bring a lot of that stuff, you know, in the Blu-ray and DVD format. So Thunder Strikes very well deserve that. So hopefully one day it might happen. Anyway, peace, guys, and see you later. Anyway, we'll be talking about this Mexican horror movie called To Let, right? And this movie's about these two young couples. They find an ad in their mailbox from an apartment, and this landlady starts showing them these apartments, like where they're gonna be staying at. And this building is like a shitty ass building. I'll be like. Damn, man, you want to live here? That's like living in the fucking hood where I'm at. I'm like, yo, I wouldn't want to live here. Shit. Even the wife don't want to live there. So this movie's pretty fast-paced. Let me just tell you that so you get your money's worth. If you see, like, the modern-day Mexican horror movies, they, it's kind of like watching a combination between Mexican and French horror. It's like, they get to the point, you know what I'm saying? Fast-paced. Except for the first French horror movie, but it, that was a different story. Anyway, so, while the guy didn't like what was going there was something that was going on, the guy was figuring out something, he started t- trying to yell at the lady, and it was a dummy, and the landlady hit him behind his head, 
and the wife saw this happening, so she's locked herself in, and she pretty much has to survive around this apartment building against the evil landlady. As the movie progressed, we find out that her husband survived, and then her and her husband have to work together. They start seeing other people chained up in the apartment building. So this landlady pretty much like have tenants living in her building, but she's chained them up, you know. And it's kind of freaky why she does it, you know, it's really stupid. And you also got this one guy that's chained up to like a dog, and he has his own backstory also. So there's a little mystery twist with him, by the way. But um, the landlady's the main villain, and she's kind of like a psycho bitch, you know. You've seen a lot, a lot of psycho bitch in horror movies. Like, if you like the female, if you like the movie Misery with that woman, then you're going to like this landlady, because she's like, she's like that, but ten times psychotic. You know, yeah, I said it. Um, too late, I say check it out. You know, and of course, being a horror movie, don't be surprised how it ends, by the way. Anyway, peace, guys, and see you later. Today, I'll be talking about the movie Trailer Park of Terror. I remember seeing this movie years ago. Um, really didn't enjoy it. If I'm correct, I think I heard this was based on a comic book, also. I could be wrong, but I think I heard that. Um, the movie um, starts with this woman. Trying to get out the trailer park trash area, you know what I'm saying? And this guy that she's gonna meet with, going to the dance. Hopefully, hopefully this guy will take her, take her outside the trailer trash park, trailer park area. Excuse me. Let me say it like that. So she could be free from this time, from this area. But her her hillbilly um that resides in the area, picking on the on her her man, and he accidentally died by mistake by falling over a fence fence. With the needles on it, with the pointed fence, the girl start crying. She's getting mad. These guys, and then she walks off, and she meets this guy, this man in black, who offers her the deal, like of revenge. You know, gave her a gun. She goes around shooting everybody in the resi- in the trailer park residence, and then she ended up killing herself with gasoline, which is pretty obvious. And then many years later, she find out these people are missing, and then then we get to like the modern times. Like we enter the present, when you got these young kids going to going to like Jesus camp, you know, with this priest, and they drive and they hit hit by the trailer park by mistake, and then the woman you see her like alive again, like, and then she's taking these kids and like you know you can stay there for the night so you get back to your feet, but of course it was a setup because as the movie progressed, you found out that the woman's behind it. And the people that that she killed end up coming back from from the dead, and they pretty much they're all zombies, and they're gonna start torturing these young young kids, one by one, or you know start torturing them and killing them pretty much. Um, you know, people say this is like a horror comedy. To me, I could I could take this as more horror than comedy, because it it was like legit. You know what I'm saying? And I kind of like how the zombies are. You know, the the trailer the trailer trash zombies. They were funny. You know. And um, to me, they were funny looking how how they how they act and stuff, um, especially the guy with the guitar. Um, of course, you know there's a story how they come back from the dead, how they come back from life, and st- start doing what they do, you know. And because pretty much they curse, pretty much. But you had to see this movie to find out. Um, all in all, this movie was good. I actually enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it as I seen it that's the first time around. But highly recommend this one also. Check it out. Trailer Park of Terror. Hey everyone, how you doing guys and gals? Today we'll talk about a superhero movie called Up Up and Away. If you see Meteor Man with Robert Townsend, then you're definitely going to like this one, which also starred Robert Townsend in it. Um, but this one 
mainly focused on his son. Um, this was a Disney movie that premiered on 2000, which I never knew, knew by the way, because I watched a lot of Disney stuff during that era, and I never knew, knew about this movie until now, so, because my friend recommended it to me, and it was all about comic book movies, and he actually had a, a DVD from it, so I was able to watch it from there. But Up, Up, and Away is about Robert Thompson's family. They're all superheroes, right? And guess, guess, and check this one out, excuse me. They have a weakness. Foil, aluminum foil, like anything with aluminum is a weakness. So they touch it, they'll die and stuff, or they get weakened. It's like, that's like they cook the night. And they eat a lot of vegetables, a lot of greens, so it was kind of weird, you know? It's not like, what the hell? Well, that's not seen at the beginning part of this movie, but when the movie progresses, you find out that, you know? Um, with that being said, um, the main villain in this movie is this young guy using this woman who's an expert program, and they have this program called Earth Protection, and what this program does is supposed to be good for the environment, but the guy that she she's working with, he wants to use it for evil use, by hypnotizing people, making them do things that they don't want to do, and, um, Later on, I was super was find out that it's this computer program making people hypnotize, and they have to find a way to stop it and find who's doing it. Me, and between that, you also got the son that he doesn't have superpowers like his family, and he really wants to be a superhero that bad. And he's not lying that he has superpowers that he could fly. So his grand his grandpa start knowing about that he's lying, played by Sherman Hemsley, and Sherman Hemsley's like, okay, you know what? I'll cover cover your, I'll cover it up for you, but eventually he will have to tell the truth, you know. But as the movie progresses, it's one of those things when the kid can overcome of of his abilities and it start growing hidden, you know what I'm saying? And then our superhero will st- stop the supervillain pretty much. And all in all, this is a good movie. This is a fun, family-friendly movie. I'd say definitely check it out. also recommend Sky High. Check that one out, too. It was kind of like similar to this, I would say. And also check out Meteor Man, of course, with Robert Townsend, which is another favorite friendly friendly movie I also like for the family to see. So it's, it's a good movie to see. A feel-good movie, you know? Anyway, peace, guys, and see you later. Hey, guys and gals, how you doing? Um, why don't I do this review? I'm going to put the title as VHS Massacre instead of the long title so I can fit in the barcode, the bar when I upload this video. But it's called VHS Massacre Cult Films and the Decline of physical media. You know, let me tell you something. I love all these VHS documentaries. I love it. I love them all. I love that old school stuff. You know what I'm saying? Especially most of them are talking about horror stuff. So I love it. Especially this one's my favorite in, in the line. Because it goes through chapters about the first VHS. Like the first home media we were, they were watching back in the days. Like 16mm films. And it became Super 8 to watch homemade and um, they talk about how the video stores are declining because of physical media like um, or like mostly mainly streaming and um, legal download and legal streaming of course but they also talk about illegal stuff too and how it's ruining the movies uh, the movie industry especially for independent filmmakers or and they also talk about the positive side of it too so you gotta watch this movie to understand what I'm talking about on that part um, they interview independent filmmakers, um, Joe Bob Briggs, Debbie Rachan. Still look great, by the way. Let me say that, Debbie Rachan. And Joe Bob Briggs look great, too, by the way. I'm going to throw that in there. <laughs> and, this, and this document was done about these guys who are a fan of, of movies, and they're like independent filmmakers themselves. They own the podcast, 
which these guys are from New York City also, just like me, they're from New York too, so that's pretty cool to see my homegrown talent doing their thing, you know, um, they go visit video stores, buying video cassette for their radio show segment, and once, once they were shooting the documentary, after that, you start to find out that these video stores start closing down, especially Kim Video Store, because I've been at that Kim Video Store, and suddenly they closed down, I'm like, damn, so fast, and these stores will be closed down quickly, it's, it's, it's crazy, and, um, I like how they talk about the experience with VHS, movies, um, I like how they discuss the history, I like that the history of, of, VH, of video cassettes, and the stores, um, this document has everything pretty much, I mean, I, I love it, man, I mean, you, you can't beat that, um, I should definitely check out VHS Massacre, I highly recommend it, it's a great documentary, especially if you're a fan of VHS, and you want to know the history of the beginning of the home market, and the aftermath, um, what came before the VHS, like I said, um, they talk about cover art in video cassette, just like the other VHS documentaries, they usually talk about the cover art, and why we why you go to the video stores with like looking front and back, and you can't get that from streaming media. You just look at the picture, you know. Um, yeah, so th this movie pretty much has everything. So VHS Massacre, like I said, highly recommended. Definitely check it out. Peace, guys, and see you later. Finally, finally, a fucking horror movie I can fucking enjoy. You know, it doesn't matter if it's independent or commercialized. It does not matter. The point is, I fucking enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. And I was hoping it was doing a sequel, but I never followed up on it. But then, I had an opportunity to review this, so. And, um, I wasn't sure if it was a sequel to the original. I was like, Bounds of Blood? I was like, wait a minute, did I review this already? And, um, but it was a sequel. I, I did IMDB, I went checking on it, and I was like, oh, shit, it's part two. I'm reviewing the sequel. So, I'll be like, okay, how will the sequel fare to the first movie? And it really succeeded. Expectation is really high on this movie. I love this movie. I love the segments in it. I love the acting. I love the characters. I love the story. And yes, there is blood and gore. There's good deaths in this fucking movie, believe it or not. Um, sometimes, in my irritation in the beginning, when you have one of those horror movies, when they do like a movie in a movie bit, only, but it only happens in the beginning, but it wasn't really that annoying. It, was just, it, just, it just goes away real quick. And just, you have like what actors don't carry it to those rockabilly, hillbilly couples, you know? But they just rob themselves in the warehouse and they get come face to face with a killer. <laughs> and then as we progress, you, um, you get to a segment where a guy killed a person that irritated him in the movie theater and then it leads up to them, like watching a movie, yeah, of different segments, right? And each segment is good, you got your supernatural segments. You got a slasher segments, which is which really extends to, but the main part of the segment is, is the connection with this one house, and this retailer showing them each room, and each room of the of this house tells a story of, of what happened to the, this these people, you know, like they would have different experiences in that house, and you know we've seen it done in anthology horror movies. I remember I saw a movie about a retailer, I think it was played by John Ritter. It was an old horror movie where he shows tells introduces this guy to different houses with a dark history. So this movie is somewhat like the same thing, but it takes place in one house with different rooms instead. And um, yeah, you get your supernatural elements, you get your um, slasher elements, you get your um, creepy elements like, you, you know. But all in all, at the end of the day, 
I like this movie. I feel like everything carried out really well. I was surprised. You know, I didn't think it was going to be all that. I think it was going to be like, maybe like, okay, it would be okay, like the first movie. But I, it was good. It was highly enjoyed it. I highly enjoyed it. I'm like, holy shit. You know? So, and I like the killer red eyes. Like in the first movie, you had Satan mask. In this movie, you had the killer named red eyes. And this killer does not hold back. Especially when it gets towards the ending and shit. The last chapter. You know, it's be like Saturday Night Daily Night 2. He has a killing spree. He's having fun killing people, you know? So, um, I don't want to say too much, but Volumes of Blood, Hog Stories, a.k.a. Volumes of Blood Part 2, highly, 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 highly fucking recommend it. What's up, guys and gals? Today we're reviewing a horror movie from Korea called White. And, you know, I love a lot of horror movies. Korean horror movies is one of my favorites. But this has to be one of the most original horror movies I've ever seen because... Um, I know music and horror always go mixed together all the time in genres like rock, heavy me- rock or heavy metal, hip hop, but I've never seen a horror movie with K-pop in it, you know, Korean pop music. But then you know what? I- I've never seen a horror movie with pop music anyway in it. Eh, well, this won't be no different. But this one was actually good. I actually like this man. It's about this group, right, called Pink Dolls, and it wasn't getting popular with the Korean fans. And 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 the Korean pop, this this Korean pop group Pink Dolls, like some of the cast, some I mean some of the music members, they were like snotty and they'd be picking on the on the lead leader of the group because she was more mature, more older, but she looked super beautiful than than those three girls anyway, to me in my opinion, but still you know she was like the most humble one, the leader, and then one and one day they ended up getting a new studio because the manager got them a, a studio. And when one of the when the lead center was about to clean, she spot these old video cassettes, and one of the video cassettes said white on it. When she put the video cassette of white on in the VCR player, she starts seeing this Korean pop group, which is pretty obviously called White, because they all have white hair. What it looked like in the videotape, the manager um, spotted spotted the video cassette that she was watching, and it's pretty much the um, she made this group sing that song that was on the tape, which you can just tell. And suddenly, once they perform the song, boom, they start end up becoming popular now. You know, all of a sudden. And then there's like a mystery behind it, you know, where one of the girls end up being, being like possessed, you know, in a way. And she starts saying with high pitch, and you can see like these ghostly images, like a ghostly, you know. I, I won't say too much, but the mystery start building up more on the group and what white really is, pretty much. Um, this movie was really good. I mean, I really love the acting. The actors were all beautiful. You know, I love mu- I love Korean pop music anyway. So, um, the music was good too to go with it. So I highly enjoyed White. Highly recommend this one, guys. Definitely pick it. Pick, um, definitely pick it up or try and watch it. You know, this is a really good movie. You'd be shocked. You know, and it'd be something new for you to see. Hey, a Korean pop m- music with horror. You know, very rare you'll see that. Anyway, peace, guys, and see you later. Zombie Night to me was like, I enjoyed this one, man. Um, the movie's about this guy trying to save his family from a zombie apocalypse, trying to help them survive it. While there's another family, like friends of the neighbor, will help them shelter them. But then he started like betraying them because they, they came in to come to the safe shelter from the neighbors. So he kind of barricaded the house. So it's pretty much like. That, like you have the father like worrying, he's he's arguing and stuff with his family, that he should 
you have to save them pretty much when they're trying to come in. And you know how you know how he is. You know, if you see this movie, it's like he's being like doesn't want to let them in, but he has no choice. Um, meanwhile, like I say, and you got Anthony Michael Hall who plays the father, which he's like the, more of the focus of the movie, and Daryl Hannah plays the ex girl. And um, it's, it's an, and I like how they're trying to survive. And yeah, there's stupid moments in the movie how they're trying to escape, and when like like the housekeeper, she opens up the window. And boom, a zombie just comes out. You know, that's one stupid ever in this horror movie. But it's one, it's one of the many stupid errors in this horror movie. But it's just like, it's just a horror movie. You, you're always going to have stupid moments, stupid nitpicks. So, you know, whatever. But I do like how the zombies look. You know, they fast, they slow zombies. I like how the makeup effect is. I like, I like zombies that look like that, more grounded-like. You know, no CGI zombies. Just give me regular prosthetic zombie-like makeup effects. That's the kind of type of zombie I like. But they weakest the sun. That's the reason why they call this movie Zombie Night. So it makes sense, the one in 2013. Because the zombies, they attack at nighttime only. So when the daytime comes, they sleep and they're dead now. So that's kind of cool. That's a unique take on a zombie movie. You know? You kill people at night, but you don't keep up kill people at daytime. So think about it. So now, once it's daytime, you have people have a chance to go out of course where, the, where this country is, America they're gonna make people work on zombie day also in the night time of course cause they're close up night time we like to purge every day but you have time to get food, drinks or whatever and be prepared for the next zombie attack in the night time um, zombie night, I like this movie a lot of people disagree but you know I enjoy it